We're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation. The Enterprise must intercept the Dong, a 75-year-old lost Klingon ship. And so Worf and the crew will have to work with the Klingon emissary, Kehlir, to convince the Klingons of the newfound peace with the Federation before they attack their allies. From June 24th, 1989, it's season two, episode 20, The Emissary, or Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Honos. (laughs) I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are... Getting to be pretty good at speaking Klingon. Definitely had to Google what is the Klingon homeworld called. <laughs> Did you have to get it pronounced phonetically for you? <laughs> yeah, I, fit, I I was I was pretty proud of that that I that I thought of to do that and uh, I, that I I'm impressed, Daniel. I I'm touched. I, I did it all for you. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you, <laughs> Damien. Oh, Dan. I love this episode. As do I. I'm so glad. Um, Ke- it's, Kelir, hot. it's hot it's and Kalir is wonderful. And, um, you know, there are repercussions from this episode in the future. And it actually is really important for Klingon human relations as well. So I just loved every second of it. Ah, I should have called this episode that tong to tong tong tong. <laughs> yeah, you should have. That's okay, though. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. Oh, wait. Well, I should probably do the thing. On Stardate 42901.3, the Enterprise receives an urgent message from Starfleet Command ordering them to set to a set (laughs) to set coordinates. You set them to a set of coordinates without stating a reason. While en route, they are contacted by Admiral Gromick, who seems like a real peach, and who informs them that the Enterprise is to rendezvous with a Federation emissary who will brief them on their mission. She refuses to disclose any details, only that Starfleet considers the mission a top security matter. Data reports that the emissary is being transported in a Class 8 probe, an unconventional mode of travel, and it's that is barely large enough to contain a person, traveling at warp 9. Picard notes the evident urgency of the mission. The Enterprise intercepts the probe and beams it aboard, and its passenger is revealed to be the half-Klingon, half-human woman named Kelir. It is immediately clear that Kelir and Lieutenant Worf know each other, and Worf is not pleased to see her. Kelir informs the command staff that Starfleet has detected a, a Klingon battlecruiser called the Tong, which was launched from the Klingon homeworld over 75 years ago, when the Klingons and Federation were still at war. The crew has been in suspended animation and are about to awaken, at which point it is feared they will immediately attack the nearest Federation outpost, several of which are nearby and would not be able to adequately defend themselves. As the nearest Klingon ship is three days away, the Enterprise is to intercept them instead. Though Kelir strongly believes that the 
any attempt to reason with the Klingons will fail and advises Picard to plan to destroy the ship, Picard disagrees and orders his staff to come up with alternatives. Picard orders Worf to work with Kellier over Worf's objections, and Worf concedes as his reasons are purely personal. Worf and Kellier then have a heated argument and barely manage to concentrate on their task. At Troy's suggestion, Kellier goes to the holodeck to vent her frustrations, where she chooses one of Worf's exercise programs, a hand-to-hand combat simulation. Worf finds her there and joins her in the program, and invigorated and stimulated by battle, they mate. They fuck long and hard. Mm. Following tradition, Worf then starts the Klingon vow of marriage, but Kalia refuses to take the vow and storms out. At a senior staff briefing, Kalia presents her plan to deal with the Tong. They find the crew still asleep. They will keep them that way until the Klingon starship can meet them in three days. If the crew is awake, they will have to destroy them. Picard is still reluctant to accept that a peaceful solution is not possible. But before they can work out an alternative plan, Data reports that they have detected the Tong. Data detects life signs, but is unable to determine whether or not the crew is awake. Suddenly, the Tong fires on the Enterprise, cloaks, and moves away. The Enterprise is able to track the older vessel, even under cloak, so they set off in pursuit. Kalia urges Picard to let the Klingons die with honor in battle. However, Worf comes up with another option. While Picard and First Officer Riker position themselves out of sight, Worf and Kalia, clad in full traditional Klingon combat uniforms, appear as Captain and First Officer of the Enterprise, informing Captain Kem... Uh... <laughs> Temtok. of the Tong. Right? Ish? Katemtok. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that the war is over, ordering them to surrender. Katemtok initially refuses, believing that the Federation mm-hmm. is tricking them. But then Worf, in typical Klingon manner, shows his resolve and threatens to destroy the Tong. Katemtok grudgingly agrees. Kaleo transports to the Tong to begin the process of accumulating of accumulating, of acclimating the Klingons to life in the 24th century and await the arrival of the Klingon escort. Before departing, she admits to Worf that she was tempted to take the marriage vow with him, but felt it was not the right moment for it, and implies that their paths will cross again. And they will. And so ends the emissary. I'm just wild about Klingons, and Klingons wild about me. The heavenly blisses of their dicks fill me with ecstasy. <laughs> you know what's filled me with ecstasy? What, Susie Plaxen. Right. She is brilliant and wonderful, and I love her. You know, she is beauty, and she's grace. <laughs> it's true. Hell, she's Miss United <laughs> States. Now, don't bring Shatner into this. This is the wrong series. <laughs> um, this started off with what is quickly becoming a Star Trek bit that I actually like. Oh, my goodness. Poker. Poker, Cameron. There was poker in it, and it didn't bother me as I'm much. I'm so glad. It still bugged me a little bit, where I was like, get to the boning. <laughs> Just fuck already. Just fuck already. It did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was fun. It was super fun. Yeah. Um, I liked smuggling somebody in a probe. That was pretty cool. And terrifying. Uh, I don't understand how a probe could go warp nine without any real propulsion on it, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the stick with photon torpedoes that they travel at warp speed. Uh, 
So she was just launched out of proton torpedo. But I didn't think that they would do that unless they played the bagpipes first. I mean, well, she wasn't dead. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she wasn't dead. Um, also, what a great ticking clock and setup. Klingons from before the Federation and the Klingons, you know, made made yeah. peace. That's that's great. That's a great bit. It is a great bit. I agree. Actually, would have been great for a Star yeah, Trek movie. On and then they could have justified, you know, Kirk showing up, like Klingon bastards. I love killing those guys. <laughs> they killed my son. I found out about and totally care a lot about, and you should too. <laughs> He was so pretty. Why isn't everybody sad about my pretty, pretty boy? <laughs> He's so pretty. Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch an episode of the original series tonight. I miss those bastards. Yeah, I Which do. one? I don't know, but if Courtney falls asleep first, um, I'll watch... Ooh, the Enterprise incident. I love I knew that it. one. <laughs> and I can't blame you. Or the city on the edge. It is really nice to get to see our favorite, our favorite pals from the original series. I'm, I love them so much. I miss McCoy every day. <laughs> I even miss, I even miss Chekhov <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and I hate that See, guy. he grows on you. Yeah, he's just useless. But he's also so pretty. <laughs> yeah, but Sulu was oh, prettier. absolutely. So. Anyways, doesn't matter. And he's matter. still relevant, Dan. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, no. Um, having Anytime we get to explore a crew member's sexual past, it's always fun. It really is. Although, this did bring up a lot of questions about uh, Klingon mating and rituals and whatnot um for example did Worf just lose his virginity no because the way they, they made it seem like the the mating ritual thing just happened after sex that's kind of how it was presented you mean the marriage ritual yeah I mean I honestly thought that's why they were so I thought that's why he was so unhappy to see her in the first place is because that's not the first time this has happened. They fucked. He wanted to get married and she was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, that's that. That can be the headcanon, but that's not what I got from the episode. (laughs) Okay. I mean, who knows? Maybe he did. We'll circle back. It's fine. But additionally, the deception, the heartache, just spending more time around Klingon culture, it's growing on me. It's becoming more interesting. I think it's, they are a noble warrior people. And some of their shit's antiquated and weird, but some of it's fun and interesting. So I, for a Klingon-centric episode, it was good, which is more than you can say about any Klingon-centric episode of the original series. Truly. And, uh... Yeah, it reminded me a little of my favorite Star Trek movie, which is Star Trek V. At me. <laughs> no, at seriously. Me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no I me. agree. I, uh, Susie Plaxton's performance, Plaxton's performance was brilliant, and her chemistry with Michael Dorn was exceptional, and I just, I bought every second of this. I bought everything that it was feeding to me, and I loved it. 
I couldn't afford it, and I bought it anyways <laughs> with a credit card. I'm going into debt over it. That's how much I bought it. I know you're trying to do the dollar bill flicking thing, but it, but I couldn't see your lower hands. It just looked like you were jerking off. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, double copters. <laughs> I can turn them in opposite directions. It's like an egg beater down there. Literally. Oh, God. Huh? Egg beater? <laughs> Lord. Because they're having sex. I just, yeah. I adore this episode. It's one of my favorites, honestly, in all of Next Generation. It's very good. And it's just, it's great. It's everything I'd hoped for. My favorite bit of trivia is that they were trying to pay <laughs> heed to Susie Plaxon's original character and Kellier was supposed to be supposed to have a Vulcan mother and a Klingon father but they thought mm. that, that would be too unrealistic and too hard to m- make up believably and I was like why just make make the skin a weird green color and give her pointed ears and the ridges it'd be fine but you know that would have been great I know, I know but it's fine Since we've gushed on for a while. What did you hate, Dan? I didn't really hate anything, but I was kind of confused over the whole nature of the mating ritual and marriage and Klingon culture and her being a half Klingon. Is that some sort of diplomatic effort? Like, since when have... Klingons and humans been getting down and dirty. I guess she's the first. That's fine. That doesn't really bother me in any way. But it was... Not the last, though. It was a little bit of a... I don't know. I, I like I like how sort of campy and romance novely it is that we're, you know, it's the slapping kiss. It's the classic soap opera slapping kiss. We can't stand each other. Oh, I'm so worked up. I'm so mad at you. And now we just have to... that like i get but feels really out of place in a show that's about you know the future of humanity and you very utopian and whatnot um even though they've had a lot of you know interesting ideas about sex and gender and mating and all that put forth at by this point it still just feels weird to have that kind of we hate each other but we really love each other tension in a utopian futurist show it's like are we not past that tropey bullshit are we not don't get me wrong i ate it up like fucking (laughs) cocaine covered linguine i loved it but it just it seems strange where i'm like i get that it's a different culture but still the whole Oh, we can't stand each other, but we're really in love with each other. The the taming of the shrew of it was a little, even though it wasn't that, it was really more Kiss Me Kate, even though that's still not right. Um, closer, though. Closer, though. Where they're both kind of just assholes. <laughs> but charming assholes. <laughs> charming assholes. They deserve each other. It was a little, it was a little, uh, if when Harry Met Sally was produced by WWE, you know, if that was a wrestling match instead of a movie, that's what this is. It's when Harry met Sally 
in the world wrestling entertainment. Yes. When Harry met Sally Raw this Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. (laughs) Can men and women just be friends? I don't think so. They're going to be deadly enemies. (laughs) But there may be some fucking. Yeah. What you reading? Hmm? What you reading? What's so important over there? I was just seeing if I missed anything about what I hated. What you reading? My notes. (laughs) You dickbag. (laughs) No, that was the other thing. I didn't get to see both dicks. I know. What the hell? I'm sorry. Maybe eventually we'll get to see both dicks. Anatomically correct Klingon love doll. That's all I want (laughs) in this world. I'm a man of simple and singular taste. Well, in Discovery, we do get to see a, uh, a Klingon woman. Not wearing a top and go into town. Oh my! Yeah, because it's CBS All Access. It's like they're more inclined to do half Klingon females because they want them to be more sexually appealing. Is that right? I mean, that is true. They, I haven't seen a half Klingon male, unfortunately. Uh, this seems this seems like a weird thing. But I mean, I also like the the character who ends up becoming a main character in one of the other series who's on, ha- on, on Voyager yeah. I, 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 who's I half Klingon and half human her her development is balancing her Klingon side and her human side and it's something she constantly fights with and it's it's a dilemma that I enjoy greatly and it's also a very human struggle because it's basically her temper <laughs> yeah no I mean, coming coming from two guys with legendary tempers you especially oh, yeah. you monster you don't even know <laughs> Don't even know. I want to see you throw things. I've heard that you throw I do. things and scream at the top of my lungs, which uh, and pull and pull your hair yeah, out. Yeah, obviously. I don't have a single dick hair left. <laughs> so aside from feeling just a little bit antiquated, I think my other main thing was just little sciency deals like. If they have a ship that's 75 years old, are all the weapons still, like, functioning properly if they've just kind of been adrift or out there for, like, 75 years is a really long time without any maintenance by any standard. So, yeah, but it's in space, It seems Dan. like the Enterprise is getting its computer updated, like, once a month. Like, there's they're, they're constantly doing maintenance and repairs. If it was just hanging out i don't know i feel like it'd be it should have been more like a, a dilapidated vessel entropy will get you even in the vacuum of space i mean that's true but like if they just shut the systems down it's not like there's air or water or anything that's or fire or earth <laughs> or heart i know well, there's plenty of heart, Dan, but it's not like the, that's how the warp drive's powered. It's not. <laughs> they all stand around and go, we've got heart, Light years and light years and light years of heart. <laughs> <laughs> when the odds are saying you'll never win, that's when the grin should start. <laughs> but no, it's not like if something is shut off and has been disconnected, it, it should be fine. Yeah, just you know, empty, it's not like empty. we're dealing with salty saltwater air that's just destroying the hull like our actual Navy ships are. Have you seen 
what 75 years worth of dust looks like, it's not a small amount. Well, I mean, they're also probably... The actual ship was in vacuum, I would imagine, because the only kind of air support, I mean, the only kind of life support that would be needed was enough to keep the bodies alive in their chambers. It's not like they're sleeping on beds. And most, since most dust is skin particles anyway, it's, it's fine. I don't know. You're forgetting about space dust. Space dust. <laughs> Coming this fall on NBC. almost fall down there pal i almost did i took the calisthenics program up to level two and i was not ready yeah. for that but i bet them abs are banging <laughs> something's banging <laughs> oh so i just want to do a quick check-in a quick tally how many of our crew members have we seen right before they get to banging. We have seen Yar and Data. Which is R.I.P. Yar. R.I.P. Yar. Um, definitely yep. Will, right before he's about to get For, it on. With everyone. Um, with everyone. And basically, anytime a scene ends where he's alone with another person. <laughs> uh, Worf, at this mm-hmm. point. Um, have we seen Picard take anybody down? Not yet. No. We haven't seen. We saw it when both he and Beverly were in that pit, but I don't think they were banging. No, she's like, my leg is broken. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, nothing's been alluded to with Deanna Guinan. Well, and I mean, Wesley Wesley would be illegal, but but that's just our head cannon being gross. Are you sure, Uh, (laughs) Jordy? Anything with Jordy? No, No, not yet. Nothing alluded to. All right, so our our crew banging tally stands at uh, four. Four characters confirmed have sex in Star Trek so far. Four. Well, and Pulaski with everyone, but... Yes. The doctor is in, (laughs) then she's out, then in, then out, then in, 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 in. Gross. Uh, Well, should we quote this thing? Let's quote this thing. Wild thing. You are late. Hold on. All right, give it to me again. (laughs) Both physically and emotionally, you are late. I'm sorry. You are late. Sorry, I had to make myself beautiful. I fail to understand why. Worf. We're alone now. You don't have to act like a Klingon glacier. I don't bite. Well, that's wrong. I do bite. <laughs> yeah. Sensors show life forms aboard, but I am unable to ascertain whether they are awake or dormant. However, their propulsion system is inactive, so I would hypothesize that the crew is asleep. However, I could be in error. <laughs> okay, Data. How did you like command? Chair. And you wore it well. That was my favorite line. Comfortable <laughs> chair. Talk or play, not both. Grr. I've noted that some people use humor as a shield. They talk much, yet say little. Whereas others take a simpler approach. Say nothing. When one does not have the words. 
or is loath to speak them. Wow. Oof, God, it's so hot. Kalir, I will not be complete without you. Aww. No, I hope they get married. Oh, God. In an outburst of rage, Kalira smashed a glass table to pieces when Troy enters her quarters. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is so dumb. <laughs> You're upset. <laughs> Your fine-honed betazoid sense tell you that? Well, that and the table. <laughs> no fucking shit. It, it made you laugh, though. <laughs> It, well, it made me laugh because I was like, oh my god. Diana! Quit being useless! And I'm here too. <laughs> People like me. <laughs> They're not sure why. <laughs> Whenever Starfleet gets enigmatic, I know we're about to face a challenge. Poor android. Whose behavior do you find more perplexing, human or clean? At the moment, I would find it difficult to choose. <laughs> so would I. Diana, I find the exercise programs on the holodeck rigorous enough to take my mind off most frustrations. And it'll keep me from wrecking the ship. That too. <laughs> 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 it's so funny well Dan are you alright I just forgot when we were talking about things you don't like Deanna's just terrible in this I found her charming of course you would well yeah I know her a lot better than you do Fair. I know her I've known her for seven seasons Four movies and most of my life. There you go. I hid the truth from you. Last night did have meaning. I was tempted to take the oath with you. It scared me. I'd never had such strong feelings towards anyone. Nor have I. Then it was more than just a point of honor. Someday when our paths cross again, I won't be so easy to get rid of. Neither will the herpes I just gave you. Hey, <laughs> bye! Ooh, Klingon herpes has got to be rough. Truly. Not as bad as the Klingon clap. <laughs> Wait. You mean? You can't mean. We are mated. I know. Yes, I know. I was there. <laughs> She was, she was my kind of quippy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Whoever said getting there was half the fun never rode in a class eight probe. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Yuckety yuck. <laughs> Damn you, Worf. You'd let me go without saying another word, wouldn't you? What needs to be said? Nothing. Everything. Captain, as you are new to this century, I have tried to be patient, but I will tolerate no further insubordination. Drop your shields immediately. And if I refuse... Then die in ignorance. I can waste no more time on you. This is after Kellier has 
defeated Worf's exercise program without using the spiky poison glove thing, really, which was weird. Yeah. Throwback. It's not much of a program. <laughs> Computer, level two. Wow. I will not take this the oath. Had no meaning, and that I will not believe. Believe what you will. Pulaski playing poker. 50 is the bet. What's the matter? Your feet getting cold? My cards are getting cold. That was Riker. Klingons never bluff. <laughs> you know how you were feeling about Whoopi after the whole Christmas special? I'm starting to feel that about Worf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. It'll get you. <clears throat> An android chaperone? Android, of course, is correct. But I fail to see how chaperone is applicable to this situation. Never mind. Sometimes I feel there's a monster inside me fighting to get out. Ouch. <laughs> it's okay. And it, and it frightens you. Of course it does. My Klingon side can be terrifying, even to me. It gives you strength. It's a part of you. That doesn't mean I have to like it. I wish they would have gendered, I mean, I wish they would have referred to the Klingon side as she instead of it, but, you know, we're getting there. Wow. What? Wow. This can never do right by you. No, you are just so hard on this show, Cameron. Just let one or two things slide. I'm sick of you just beating up on Star Trek The Next Generation. You're so critical. Yep. I sure am. Tell me one thing. You would have gone through with the oath wouldn't you? Regardless of the consequence to our careers, to our lives. Honor demanded no less. What do you want? Is honor all you care about? Don't you feel anything else? How do you feel? (laughs) I order you to relax. I am relaxed. I've never before seen the lieutenant so unsettled. The Iceman's finally melting. Wink. (laughs) Riker's just always looking. He's always on the prowl. 100%. It's borderline criminal (laughs) behavior. (laughs) Workplace harassment. What's that? (laughs) There are always options. Oh, are there? Tell me, whatever happened to the wonderful Klingon fatalism of yours? My experiences aboard this ship taught me most problems have more than one solution. Starfleet hasn't improved you one bit. You're as stubborn as ever. Welcome to the 24th century. That doesn't have anything to do with it, but I thought it sounded nice. Anyways, Cameron. (laughs) Yes, Dan. How many... Klingon DX. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. We've done that one already, but it's class just so eight, good. Class 8 probe love shacks. Would you give this one? <gasps> class 8 probe love shacks? Baby love uh, shacks. This one is going to have to be a four and a half for me. I, even with the parts that seem a tiny bit antiquated, I just, I adore this episode. I adore the performances. I adore the writing. And 
I enjoy the ticking clock. I just it's it's one of my favorites. And every time I see Kellier, I get very happy because I know it's going to be a good time. What I, about you, Dan? I adore the Explorer this episode. It's so good. <laughs> You're um, the worst. I give it I give it 4.25. 4.25? Yeah, we got 4.25. Over here we got 4.5. <laughs> do I hit 5? Do I hit 5? One more time, one more time. Sold to Cameron for 4.5. Indeed. Is this? No, it's not the highest rating I've given yet, but no, it's close. The highest rating there. ever was when you gave... Um, a matter of honor, six out of five, which was really weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I did that. I'll have to check the spreadsheet. It's check. still happening, people. <laughs> check your spread. Check the spread. Anyway, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one last thing for us to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. Jesus Christ, keep on trekking. <laughs> So many quotes. Great ones, though. Yeah. And now I kind of want to go watch How I Met Your Mother, where Susie Plaxon played Eric's mom. Yeah. But not Mad About You, because I can never watch Mad About You again. It was just so bad. I never liked Mad About You. I actually watched the revival, and it was pretty funny. I think you'd appreciate it more now as an actual New Yorker. Oh, that's possible. Back then, I was just like, I can't relate to your problems, and you've forgotten about me. Cole. (laughs) (laughs) The left doesn't really have your best interests in mind, (laughs) MAGA. (laughs) (laughs) uh, His improvisations made me very happy. (laughs) I didn't realize this were all improvs. (laughs) Hello, this is Skylar, reading for the part of Yukon Cornelius. Who I've decided is not in fact from the Yukon, but from the Antebellum South. <laughs> I fucking died. I was like, you dickwad, you went so rogue, and it works, so I love you. <laughs> yeah, so his, he, he added in a few random cucks and mega. He goes, here's just a random sampling of words you could use. Mega. Cut. And he just kept these like soy boy, and he just kept adding things like that. It's like proud boy, what genocide? It's like oh my god, <laughs> chance of insemination ten thousand percent. No form of birth control. No form of birth control works for Klingons. The only birth control that is effective is death. <laughs> There's another good t-shirt. We are killing it. The only effective form of Klingon birth control is ritualistic suicide. (laughs) It's death. Only a dead Klingon is an infertile Klingon. And even then, don't sit. You still have about 15 good minutes left with the corpse. We call it the (laughs) to squeeze the semen out of your dead lover. I mean, all you have to do is finish. It does it itself. It's the auto wash cycle. <laughs> Needless to say, Klingon teenagers have a very specific room that's built for them. Are we recording yet? I'm recording. I, recording. I hope you are. Because <laughs> otherwise. Go ahead. <laughs> you love me. <laughs>
You know I do. A Secret Weapon Production.